Heading to the freshly paved banks of Atlanta, we've got all three of the NASCAR series hitting the track. We're going to cover trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. This is the Bernie Lytics Podcast. My name is Matt Close. Alongside me, Brandon Monroe and Mark Chavez. So let's get it started. Is this a situation where Atlanta has gone hold my beer and maybe reformatted itself to be just as bad as Texas? Oh, I don't know about the as bad as Texas part, but uh, it's definitely going to be different. Uh, we still really don't know what you're going to get. Um, there's really only been one person that's tested multiple cars here, um, and that's Justin Allgaier. And based on the comments he gave, I believe, uh, Bob Pockress earlier in the week, you really don't know what you're going to get. He thinks there's a real good chance that we're going to see different types of racing amongst different series. Obviously, he didn't do a truck, so that's going to be even more unpredictable, I feel like. But at least for the Xfinity and the Cup Series, he does feel like the Xfinity Series has a chance to be more of a plate race. Thinks the Cup track, you know, the Cup race might be more of a, you know, typical 550 horsepower type package race at, say, a Michigan, something like that, where you might see some pack racing on the restarts and then maybe string out as the run goes on. So we really don't know. I mean, that's the best way to put it. It's going to be one of the more unpredictable races I think we've seen in a very long time in terms of just not knowing how everyone's going to race. Yeah, I think it would uh, I'd have to do a lot to make it worse than the way Texas raced the last couple of years. But I'm very... I, I have no idea what it's, what it's going to look like. I I think we always always talked about uh, in the old package how drivers were just pedaled to the floorboard the whole time. And it'll certainly be true here this weekend. But I don't think it's going to produce the kind of racing that NASCAR and their media partners have kind of led us to believe. There's a lot about this track that makes it feel like it certainly won't be as racy as Daytona is. Uh, You have the front stretch being the, uh, what is it, a quad oval? Less of a D-shape, more jagged turns there. They're definitely not conductive to running side-by-side there for very long, especially in the kinds of packs that they're going to be running and especially with it being narrower than it was before. Uh, I I think there is a solid chance we leave this weekend uh, disappointed in the race and feeling like it'll, at least in the Cup Series, and that it's likely the worst race of the season so far, which, again, it's been a pretty good season, so it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. But I think, uh, at least for this first race, there's a good chance we leave here wishing they had never repaved it. I hope I'm wrong, but that's just what my gut my gut tells me right now. Yeah, I think the general opinion from what I've heard across uh, the board from drivers and what I've seen on social media is kind of like a lot of the 550 package races that we saw last year for Cup where we'll see them grouped up maybe for five or ten laps where that draft really keeps them consistently together, but then eventually they'll start to fan out a bit and grow those gaps based more on the handling. And I'm not, that's not to say that they're not going to be full throttle, but the tire wear and everything will be enough that the cars won't necessarily be as equivalent. Like I I'm with you. I don't think the draft's going to matter as much as we're all playing it out to be, or NASCAR at least is playing it out to be to the point where this is a super speedway track where we really have to worry about this so-called double yellow line, or I guess the way that we've seen it painted is like, it's a, double white line with a red dash in it or whatever. Yeah, who, whoever idea that was could go um, they could go pound sand or something. 
had to try to keep that as PG as possible. Really dumb. I don't know how many people are probably going to go on social media during the races this weekend asking if the rule's the same because they painted the freaking line different. Like, We have on. enough of a problem week to week when there's a yellow line on the track at all. And a lot of tracks have gone away from yellow lines, and this just does not help in the general confusion that, that people will have about being able to go under there. So I yes. would prefer no rule at all with it. We at least have the cho- the choose rule this weekend, so that'll be interesting to see. But inevitably, I would not be surprised if somehow this race is ruined by the existence of this now white and red line. And I guess the red line is what's important, because everything I've read is that you have to be racing above the red line specifically. I think we see the rule for this one race and then they're going to realize it was absolutely unnecessary and then we don't ever see it again. Doubt it. Yeah, they that, NASCAR's made a lot of dumb rules and kept them longer than they should have. So, If the rule it, is unnecessary and does like it never really comes into play, I feel like they're even more likely to keep it than if trouble happens because of it. Well, like we kind of mentioned, the jagged corners on the front stretch, I think, is where we'll see the issue. Maybe somebody getting absolutely turned around into the outside fence because of it. I mean, we've seen that at the play tracks and it doesn't matter to NASCAR. So I I think that's more of a problem with just the layout. Like out of all the changes they made there, I mean, some people can, you know, they don't like how they change the banking and narrow the track and stuff like that. I feel like if you're going for this type of racing, like they should have just redone the whole front stretch, like, you know, bank it up and turn it into just like Mark you saying like a just a, a regular trioval instead of what we have there with the dog leg right now. Um yellow line rule or white and red line rule, whatever they want to call it, regardless of it or not, like if you get turned at the right angle, you're gonna hit that wall a lot harder than say at Daytona or Talladega just because of the angles on the front stretch. Like that has the potential to go really south really fast in terms of uh you know, incidents and just the danger of them. I think uh, I think something that I've heard a lot this too that we'll be looking at is not only the cup cars, but I believe even the Xfinity cars are going to be running uh, like a super speedway uh, engine package. Uh, and I know, like you were talking about earlier, Algar being the only one to run both the cars, mentioning that they're even for Xfinity the super speedway package doesn't have as much uh, deceleration when they get off the throttle. It's going to be a big change for uh, drivers to adapt to the type of timing that takes uh, versus their normal mile and a half kind of package. Yeah. I mean, that's how unpredictable it's going to be. I remember right for the Xfinity and the truck series, it's technically a package. I don't know if they've ran before because I believe it's an engine package that's from the plate races, but the era of the spoiler package from the intermediates, uh, and then for the cup, it is just straight up the the uh, restrictor plate package or the super speedway package, I guess. Yeah. So jumping right into the the truck series race, uh, I have to believe that if any race is going to be full throttle and race like a plate track, it's most likely going to be that one. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd say so. Um, but again, you just. You don't really know. But I think the, the truck race is probably the one where cause we just haven't had as many people talk about it where you, you could be right on it, but I, I'm not 100% sure. I, I think from what Justin said, you know, I'd feel more comfortable saying that about the Xfinity series, but it, it very well could be the trucks too. We're, we'll, we'll find out on Saturday, I guess. 
Yeah, the, the interesting thing in both of those will just be the fact that the spoiler package is, if I remember correctly, like I said, the regular package outside outside of the uh, plate tracks. So we don't really know how that'll race. Uh, I do expect the trucks will absolutely be full throttle the whole way around. Uh, I don't know how, what kind of runs they'll get, and I think that's really what's going to ultimately in the truck race determine the the kind of racing that we get is what kind of runs can they get on each other is it easy to pull out and pass is it easy to make a move so out of the truck series group that we've got coming up who do you think is going to be uh ex- who's going to excel on a track like this uh, who who ran good at daytona i guess that's the the first thing to look at like i mean zane smith i guess that's somebody you'd want to look at just because it's probably going to be closer to a plate race more than anything. Maybe a Ben Rhodes, given that he's won at Daytona. But again, there's not really a ton of people that really jump out. I, I guess one guy, just because he has a lot of experience racing at plate tracks and he does have a plate win in the Xfinity series, Ross Chastain, he's driving for Nice this week. Um, that's probably someone else to possibly take a look at as well. But, you know, it, it's kind of hard to tell right now. Just until you get practice and a couple laps under the race, just probably take take your guys in decent equipment, just stick them in a hat and draw them out, and you might have a good chance to win. Yeah, I would have said the same thing normally about De Benedetto, but that team did seem to lack some speed at Daytona. I think they escaped the top 10, but they were kind of running outside the top 15 the whole time. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just, it's so hard to really say what's going to happen here because there's just so many unknowns here uh at this point you kind of just have to figure out how you think it'll race whether you think it'll be like a plate track whether it may be more like a michigan and make your decisions based off of that because i don't think we might have a better idea after practice but a lot of that's going to depend on how big of a pack these guys are wanting to run in so that might give us a little bit of insight to it, but even like series to series, it's hard to say how the Xfinity race will be just because of the truck truck race, or how the Cup race will be because of the other two. So, unless they're do us all a favor and getting some big packs on Friday, I, I don't know that we'll really have any idea until the green flag drops in each of these races. Yeah. So notably, so I I'm I'm with you guys. I do think this is a time where maybe the plate track guys will show. Uh, I, I think if it does come down to maybe not being so much of a plate track, but just a full throttle and running the right line, uh, they can't look anywhere else. But the KBM trucks uh, are doing that so well as like we saw kind of at Vegas. So that would probably be uh, the people that I'd be paying attention to in the truck race. So I mean, it doesn't sound like there's much conversation there to be had on trucks and trucks. Unfortunately, we don't get driver props for this early. So I'll, transition right into our xfinity race uh these cars it's very questionable on whether this will be a plate race or not like i said um some of the drivers think there might be for at least a a good chunk of the laps 10 20 laps into the run but it doesn't seem like they would expect the entire run to be like a plate race i mean i don't know all all guys seem pretty confident he thinks it's gonna run more like a plate race um even if it's 10 or 20 laps, uh, you got to think if it comes down to the end of the race, too, which, you know, you're in one of these 
you know, lower series, um, you know, drivers are more prone to make mistakes and stuff like that. There could be a chance it could come down to that. Um, I would still really take a look at, you know, who your plate guys are more so in this race than the trucks, just because again, we had somebody kind of confirm what some people think. So right out of the gate, you know, obviously take a look at the JRM guys, take a look at the college guys. Um, and because he's run so good in the couple starts he's had this year, and because he has a Daytona 500 win, even though that type of plate racing was nowhere, what we're probably going to see comes the Xfinity race on Saturday. Might as well take a look at Trevor Bain, too. He's he's looked pretty good over the last couple races. Had this race added to his schedule. Um, kind of, I guess you could say, as a reward. Because I don't think this race was actually named for any other driver at the time, and they decided to give it to him. So, somebody else just to take a look at. I think it was probably right off the top of my head, you know, seven, eight guys you could go with. I guess you want to take a look at Austin Hill, too, given that he won Daytona. But I think a lot of the same guys that you would think of in a normal Daytona race are the first people you'd look at for this race on Saturday. Well, yeah, without much else to go on, I think that's kind of the strategy you have to stick with. I certainly think if any of these guys maybe have a bad qualifying run, which at, here it might not be that hard to do those are the kind of guys you definitely want to look grab on your fantasy team but for the most part this is the guys that you would expect to see up front at Daytona are pro are the best we could do right now to who we would expect to see up here at a at the front of Atlanta sticking kind of with the same stories with the trucks is that um you guys think it's going to be just like a play track? I'm not really so convinced in the draft it will be. I I think it will. Just just going yeah. off somebody that tested the cars, and he seemed pretty confident that's what you're going to get. I I think it's going to be. The Cup Series is the one where I, I don't think it will be. I think the Xfinity Series, how it, it definitely sounds like listening to the drivers, they're going to be more prepared for it to be like a plate track. Um. I think the issue would probably be more than anything is passing while, you know, the widths are similar. It just, the turns are so much tighter. It, it's probably going to feel a lot more narrow, or even though they have similar length, if you're just measuring by the, the footage from the top to the bottom, but I, I think it's going to be hard to pass. I know like Kyle Bush, when they announced this, I think it was Kyle was talking about like, you're, you're narrowing up the track that the turns are tighter. Like if you want it to race like a plate track, you shouldn't be doing these things there's a good chance like they could stack them side by side and it's going to be almost impossible, which is also why I know Mark, you said like, if you have guys that qualify in the back, you, you might want to pick them. I'm not so sure about it. Now over the course of like a 250, 300 mile race, you're going to have time to move up even through, you know, even, you know, pit stops and stuff like that. But with the potential of it being hard to pass, I'm, I'm not 100% sure you want to load your teams with guys that are in the back, because if you do run into that issue, uh, you could have for a low point stay, at least from a fantasy perspective. Hard, to, Yeah, hard to pass, sure. I'm Like I said, though, I mean, a lot of these drivers and opinions are coming off test sessions with not large packs of cars, right? So, and in they most cases... a little pack testing, but you are right. There wasn't yeah. like a ball pack. And in, and in most cases, that not a lot of drivers exploring all the lines possible. And, and notably, like a lot of drivers, that like um, 
Austin Cindric on the download this week, and like we said, Allgaier did DVC some other stuff. A lot of them reported never seeing a car go too much towards the wall and really explore what is up there. And we, for all we know, that area of the track might have never seen rubber. I mean, there's a lot about it that does make it feel like it'll be harder to pass here. The turns are going to be tighter. The stretches are also shorter, so it's going to be harder to get a run on there. And particularly on the front stretch, it's going to be a lot harder to set up a move to pass there. Uh, you just having having to turn so hard on the front stretch just to get through it. So I definitely would not be surprised if there's not a ton of passing. I, I think there's a chance the front stretch makes it, with how flat it still is, makes it difficult to continuously run two by two there and have two lines going. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I still think if you have guys that are teammates, they'll be able to work through traffic, get up near the front, especially in the Xfinity series. We've seen cars at the plate jacks be able to make passes by themselves. Uh, particularly, if, I think if the high line does wind up being the line that works, you'll have it'll be even easier for drivers to pick off some of these slower cars that just don't have the speed up and up and off the turns. But it's I mean, really, it's it's a crapshoot, not in the way that it normally feels like it is for a plate race, and that anyone can can compete, anyone can run good. Here, it's just we genuinely don't know what the racing is going to be like. We haven't seen the size of packs that we've seen that we're going to see come race day, and we're unlikely to see those kinds of packs in, uh, in practice as well. I'll so, say too, in terms of running at the top, like. How often is the top lane the best lane at the play track? Like, I get it if they get lined up and they're just logging laps, but I find that hard to believe that's going to be the preferred line on a freshly paved track. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. I think a lot of times the high line comes in when the drivers just want to kind of ride around. Right. And uh, when they're actually racing, they seem to get the low lines going easier than the high line. but. I, there's almost nothing here that would surprise me, to to be perfect. Unless someone goes out and gains a 15 second lead, I I don't think there's much that that could surprise me with how it shakes out here. There's just so many unknowns. That, I mean, that's that's just that we just don't know. So, at that point, just jumping right into the featured matchups for Xfinity. The first one on the list here is Austin Hill against Sheldon Creed. I mean, I think you have to kind of go Austin Hill here solely because he did win Daytona. I mean, there's not a lot to back off of. Just going back to the truck series in them, I'd, I'd feel like Austin Hill's probably the safer bet, too. He had more success there. At least it felt that way in the truck series than Sheldon Creed. So even though they're teammates, even though you don't have a ton of numbers to go off of at the Xfinity level, I'd probably just take the shot with Austin Hill, given he did win at Daytona. I would go Sheldon Creed for no reason other than he has slightly better odds. Slightly, in the narrowest of, of ways, but that's the only reason. Uh, I, I would go with Sheldon Creed, just watching the two of them run this year. I think overall, Sheldon Creed's edging out Austin Hill uh, most weeks. 
I so, don't know what races you're watching. Then <laughs> he's got better finishes. Austin Hill's been caught up in wrecks, but I I've been more impressed with Austin Hill than Creed throughout. I mean, the- I think they run around each other for most of these races. I, I don't know. I mean, I look at yeah. Vegas and Austin Hill was just better. Like he went up there and actually and Sheldon, led. Sheldon, Sheldon, Sheldon Creed, Creed did, did get have, damaged. He did get yes. damaged pretty early on in that. But yeah. But still, either I, way. Uh, I think Sheldon Creed all the way. I think he is the better driver out of the two of them, and I think we'll continue to see that trend throughout the season. Anyways, second match up, Justin Allgaier against AJ Allmendinger. Even odds for both of them at minus 115. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's You can go with either one. I'm going to stay away from it. Right now... I feel a little bit more comfortable with colleagues plate program over junior motorsports. So I guess Almendinger, but you, it's a coin flip. That's, that's something with these two drivers, definitely not going to bet, but for the sake of a pick, I'll go Almendinger. I don't even really know that I honestly feel like I feel that much more confident in colleagues plate girl program from the car's perspective. They have historically worked a lot better and gotten to the finishes more consistently than the JRM cars have at these play races. Uh, a couple years ago, we'd always see the JRM cars at front with the calling cars, and inevitably, the JRM cars would be caught in some accident that takes out three or f- all four of them sometimes. So, I would I'm going to go with Colic just just for that reason. Yeah, I would go with Almendinger just because, like Marky kind of said, you see Colleg doing, um, getting better at finishing off these races than the JRM team if it comes down to that. And I just think Almendinger is gonna gonna be more consistent and probably uh, your better pick here if the odds really stay uh, even like that. Um, but like Brand said, it's kind of a, kind of jury is out on this one. Uh, I think either one has. The potential and it's going to come down to who whose team's better set up for the new surface uh, we got one more featured matchup here for the Xfinity series it's Ryan Sieg against Anthony Alfredo uh, but the biggest odds difference Ryan Sieg is minus 150 Alfredo all the way up at plus 120 Sieg to me right now outside of the <laughs> the deal with Vegas I just like him at this point in these drivers' careers better than Alfredo, but I can't get behind him at a track that we feel like's a crapshoot at minus one fifty. Alfredo at least gives you the plus one twenty better than even, obviously. And if you think it's gonna be a plate race, you think these guys could probably be, you know, close together or anything could happen type deal. You're into making money and just the type of racing that I think it might be, go with Alfredo. I echo all of that and don't really have anything else to add. I think in a track like this, when you have a, sp- a spread that's for a head-to-head matchup, a, a pretty decent-sized one, uh, I think you just kind of got to take the the guy that that has the better odds, the more profitable odds. Yeah, I'll roger that across the board with Alfredo being my pick. It, I I don't think either of these drivers shine so much over the other as the odds kind of try and show here and like you said it's if we all think it's going to race like a plate track you don't know and you got to take the odds when you can get them so before we leave the xfinity series 
though, one last big question to ask, and I guess because we think it's going to be such a crapshoot, is this going to be the first week where Noah Gregson does not get a top three? Uh, you know, he got a top three at Daytona, so I'm going to go with no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say he's going to go out there and get a top three finish. Keep the streak rolling. Uh, just to be a contrarian, since we've agreed on most things, uh, I'll go with no. He's going to finish fourth. You know no. what? I'll take, I'll take it a step further. No, Gregson's going to win. He's going to go back to back. He's going to get the win at Atlanta. I'll take the over on that. <laughs> when you say over do you mean like his car is going to end up upside down and over on his roof <laughs> I mean it's possible wouldn't be the first time we saw a car upside down on the roof in Atlanta that's true yeah I mean for me I don't think I think it's a strong possibility that he either finishes in the top three or finishes upside down I don't think there's a mid pack for him at this race <laughs> he's either going to be in the top three or he's going to be in the care center. Oh uh, man. What about in the top three while in the care center? That would, that is a possibility at a track like Atlanta with the sharp thing, uh, sharp we corners did. on the front stretch. Like we mentioned so last year with hey, these we, guys, we had a, the Dega race last year for the trucks. We had that like too. two of yeah. the top three. You had to go to the care center, <laughs> including our race winner. Uh, yeah. Not uh I don't think that's an impossible thing to say. Uh, so last series here to cover going into the weekend and the biggest one, the cup series hitting the track on Sunday. So by now, by then there's going to be plenty of rubber. We'll know what the lines are. Uh, we might even have some insight to how they'll run with a little bit faster quartering speed, but just looking back at Daytona, I mean, we never count out the Pensy's cars when it comes to plate tracks, always performing well, and Hendrick cars as well. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously here for this race, uh, first look, probably the Fords, because they, they seem to run better in terms of the pack racing and stuff like that at Daytona. Um, not that it means anything, but, you know, Ryan Blaney won this race last year. He drives a Ford. Um, Penske, obviously, very good in the Daytona 500, winning with Austin Sindrick. That's somebody I'd probably take a look at, uh, just given the type of racing I think we might see. And even even if it does turn out to be more like a Michigan, Ryan Blaney did win at Michigan last year. So I think that's somebody, um, as I'm trying to get the odds to pull up here, uh, just somebody to take a look at and keep an eye on throughout the race weekend and possibly make a bet on uh, during or before the race. I mean, you, you want to get some people at some odds we don't normally see them at. This is the weekend. Uh, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson tied on DraftKings, tied for the favorite at plus a thousand. That tells me DraftKings uh, doesn't even know what it's going to get. Like we see high odds at Daytona and Talladega. I don't even think the Daytona 500 had the favorite at plus one thousand. I think it was like Denny, and he was like seven hundred, six hundred. So that shows even the books here they don't know what they're getting into. I mean, I think it's pretty pretty clear no one really does uh like i said all these plate the plate tracks we usually don't really know what to expect in terms of who's going to be up at the front and win the race but you still know what you expect to generally see out of the racing and uh for this race we we just genuinely do not know um i do think there's a chance it runs like michigan and uh 
the while Kyle or while uh, D- Ryan Blaney did win at uh, at Michigan, he certainly didn't have the best car at Michigan. The best cars were, were probably three three of the three hundred cars that weren't Alex Bowman. <laughs> uh, which tends to happen on a lot of weekends. But uh, Chase Chase led a lot of laps. Byron and Larson, or Larson also led a lot of laps. I mean, Byron and Larson are right there, right there at the end. Uh, I'm gonna go with Byron, who I would probably lean towards right now. We'll we'll see when I look into it a little bit more. But plus fifteen hundred, real good at Michigan last year. One at Daytona about a year and a half ago. So if I'm I, I'm a really anyone you take is kind of a flyer at this point. Like when you look at the spreads, right, and you only go fifteen hundred when you drop from Ryan Blaney down to Eric Almarola, like the top here is pretty pretty tight. Uh and I don't I don't at this point it's pretty hard to argue against anybody as long as they're racing on Sunday. I mean, just looking a little further down these lists here, if you think it's going to race more like a plate track than, say, a Michigan, um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., plus 4,000. I think you're going to get pretty good value there. Chris Buescher, underrated plate racer, um, was running near the front before he got involved in that wreck with uh, when Brad spun out Stenhouse late in the 500, plus 6,000. So there, there are still some people back here that do have longer odds. Uh, Harrison Burton, again, another one. If you think it's going to run like Daytona, that car was hooked up until it wasn't even hooked onto the ground. <laughs> He's plus 8,000. So there's there's a decent amount of people in the back that have shown us speed at plate tracks where if you think the race is going to go that way, there is some value to be had with them. Even if you go pretty far back, right? We actually... in. Uh making his second start of the year. We do have Noah Gregg's in at plus 9,000. I believe that is the uh, the second colleague car this week. Yeah, so I mean, that's given that it's a colleague car, I do like those odds with him, too. Justin Haley, 8,000. Like, it really... What about... I? What about... I mean, maybe because if it's going to race about a, a play track, the Biff at 25,000. No. no, we could have a whole <laughs> podcast would, about how I bad would, he is at plate tracks. I would take David Reagan at 25,000 yes. before I took the Biff at 25,000. <laughs> yes. Does that car even finish the race? That's still the question. He might be running at the back so far he misses all the wrecks and finishes the race. Yeah, I'm not worried about it getting in a wreck. I'm worried about it just crossing the checkered on its own accord. I feel like he finished the last race he ran. What was it like Vegas? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm not gonna say a decent speed, but they kept it on the track there. They did have an issue at uh, Daytona when they were here. Yeah, but. the people I kind of looking towards the back. You guys already named them. Harrison Burton uh, was good at Daytona until, as we said, he left the track. Uh, Noah Gregson being in a college car, I 100% expect him to be running in the top ten, uh, if ah. not. I mean, better. I, top I, I would say I expect him as much as almost anyone else in the top ten at this point. That's just true. because I think you guys are. Di- I, I'm. It's not even a discount of Noah Gregson or of colleague of more of a. I I just still don't know what's going to happen in this race. 
If I, Nick I runs more like I Michigan, think. I don't think he's going to be running in the top ten. I don't know. We'll have to see. I I think there is a numerous amount of tracks we can try and compare this to, but I think the answer is we really can't compare it to anything. Um, what I am kind of what I do think kind of is a uh, fun this week though, is if you look at a lot more and cause it's such an unknown, a lot of the top fives are over even odds, even like early down, like Martin Truex is in the plus two hundreds. Um, that might be kind of like where I lie around is just to, instead of trying to pick a winner or anything, it's maybe I'll throw some top fives out there and see if I can't double up some money this weekend. Yeah, I mean that's that's not bad. Um, you know, I'd, well, we'll maybe know a little bit more after practice. Um, I think this could possibly be a decent weekend to fire off live bets too. I mean, if you start getting a feel for the race during it, um, that might be where some money um, is to be won. Just got to pay attention, see what's going on, and. As we get a little bit deeper into the race, if there's anybody that jumps out at you, that might be who you go with. Yeah. So let's head right into the featured matchups. We've got four this week uh, for this week at this moment. We've got starting off the list is Tyler Reddick and Chase Briscoe. I mean, I like the momentum both of these drivers have. Um, Briscoe, I feel like, did run, or at least he did finish better in the Daytona 500 because Reddick did run into issues. But Briscoe was up there in his dual race, too. Um, I think for me, just given the fact he drives the Ford, I feel a little bit more comfortable um, going into this race with a Ford than a Chevy. Um, I'd probably take Chase Briscoe. I forgot that was me next. Uh... I'm just going to take Tyler Reddick. At this point, I think I'm just going to maybe just do the opposite of whatever Brandon does. Just because there's... Who knows? Yeah, I think a lot of these we could say maybe flip a coin. Uh, but I'm... I'm on the Ford train. I'm on the momentum train. Briscoe getting the win. I don't think he's going to win here, but he will win this matchup. I'll take Briscoe over Reddick. Our second one here, Chase Elliott against Denny Hamlin. So I think Denny's probably the one people are going to look at, especially if you think it's going to run more like a plate track. But I'm just not a fan with how they've been running. Chase, I think, gets overlooked in a lot of races in terms of, you know, plate racing like that. I think a lot of people think he's worse than he is. He never really had great runs in the Xfinity series. Started out slow in his cup career at these types of tracks, uh, involved in numerous amount of incidents, not of his own doing most of the time. Does have one plate win at Talladega, um, did win a couple of duels as well at Daytona. But just I'm not a fan of where Denny's going right now. Um, It's a little concerning with how they've run. Um, While I think the Fords are the better manufacturer for this type of track based on what I've seen so far this year, I think the Chevys still trump the Toyotas. And for that reason, I'm probably going to go with Chase Elliott. I'm going to stick with my guns and just select the opposite of Brandon here. And I'm going to <laughs> select Denny Hamlin. 
I'm going to call you crazy, and I think it should have been a sweep Chase Elliott across the board simply because the Toyota performance this year. Uh, I mean, yes, we're going back down to a lower horsepower engine, which in most cases we would always say favors Toyota, but Denny's also not built any momentum this year, and we're talking already if they're not going to get a win, they're going to have to get their act together to make the chase. Um, so... I'm with I'm with Chase Elliott all day on this matchup. And I think you're crazy for going opposite. The next one here, and I think maybe the closest one for me on this list would be Kyle Larson and Ryan Blaney. So I don't think this is close, depending on which way you think the track's going to run. <laughs> uh, so I can't really give a pick here. I think if it runs more like a restrictor plate track, give me Ryan Blaney all day. If it runs more like Michigan, give me Kyle Larson all day. I think I think it really comes down to how it's going to run. Okay, well, um, then how do you think it's going to run? I, I still don't effing know. Well, make a pick, because that ain't, that ain't the... Uh, all right. No option isn't an option. No, no option isn't an option for this, but it means I don't want to bet it. All right, heads, Larson, tails, Blaney. What do we got? I lost. I lost the damn coin. Well, now you just got to pick. Oh, man. Oh, let's go again. Let's go again. All right. All right. Heads, Larson's tail, Blaney. What are we doing? What are we doing here? It's tails. All right. We're going Blaney. All right. Good, because I wanted Larson here. Well, uh, well, that's good, because I, I didn't actually see the coin. It rolled away from me again, too. So we're just... <laughs> All right. Well, you'll take Blaney. I'll take Larson. I'll, I'll take Blaney. I'll take Blaney. Uh, Matt, you're going gonna, gonna to continue yeah. with Brandon? Uh, no, I'm going to take Larson here. Uh, I think he's just shown the more consistency and I don't think you can, I still don't know if you can go against Larson at tracks like this, if he doesn't have an issue. So Larson, I did find the first quarter I flipped. So, um, that was tails. So we're still going to go Blaney. Okay. All All right. right. Uh, Hey man, love Blaney favorite. One of my favorite drivers. And, uh, if he does come out on top, for him, but I don't I, think he'll I, beat Larson. I, I like I said, I think it just comes down to what it runs. If if it runs more like a plate track, it's gonna be Blaney. He's the better plate racer. It's not even close. Um, if it runs more like Michigan, it it still could be Blaney. Larson is probably the better pick. He has more history at that track. Granted, not with this specific package. I think a lot of his success came there when they were running 750 horsepower, but still, um. It's it's a decent look. I'd probably lean a little bit more towards Larson still in that case, but maybe once we get through a couple practice sessions and qualifying and stuff like that, we'll have a better idea. So last featured matchup of the week, Stenhouse Jr. against Bubba Wallace. If he doesn't wreck, I'm going to go Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I know Bubba's had more success at the plate tracks. As of late, than Stenhouse, I think what like last three plate races, top two finishes, but Stenhouse just looked better in the Daytona 500. Also, too, I think if it comes down to more of a Michigan style type race, I just have a better feeling that Stenhouse is going to be able to perform over Bubba Wallace right now, especially given that he's in a Toyota. So for that reason, you know, you, you drop some issues like with the Larson and Blaney one where it kind of depends on the track and how it races. I don't feel that way here, so I'm just going to go with Stenhouse because I, I think he's a little bit ahead. And even in both styles of racing, I, I think he's a safer pick. 
Well, then you guys know I'm picking Bubba Wallace here. <laughs> and uh, that that's it. Well, I'm picking Bubba Wallace because I think if Ricky Stenhouse gets any sense that this is a plate track, we know how aggressive he likes to be there, and he's going to take out half the field, uh, and himself included. I think so. he ran pretty good at Daytona. I don't think he took out half the field there. Maybe I think the person that spun him out <laughs> took out half the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was involved in some uh, incidents, but they were not his making. Yeah, maybe not this year, but I, I think he's... He's shown his aggression that works at the plate tracks. Because he's got such a wide place to do it. And if a run doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I don't think this is the track that's going to have that amount of forgiveness. And for that reason, I think he's might even he's going to take himself out and maybe half the field with him. So I will say if he does cause a wreck, it's more likely to probably take out half the field here than at Daytona because it just it feels like a narrower track. Yeah. So Bubba Wallace all the way. Lock it in. Um, this is that point where I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to try and pick a winner of whatever is going to happen at this. I request to go last. What? No, for that reason, no, for that reason, you know, go first. I'm not picking. I'm not picking. If I go first, we'll sit here for three hours. Why do do you say that? Because I'm I'm not going to pick. I just, I want to go last. I got to build up for it. Okay. I I already know who I'm going to pick. But okay, you already last. know you already know who you're gonna pick? Yeah. Alright. Um well I got a trusty random number generator here. And the first number it lands on that's an actual driver is gonna be who wins this race. What if it picks someone that you picked to finish worse in your head to head? Oh, I mean that then oh well. All right, guys. So according to the random number generator, because that's going to be my best guess, we are going to have Brad Keselowski win this race. You know, I picked Brad in, like, my preseason prediction, so I might as well roll with it. He drives a Ford. He ran good at Daytona. Why not? Brad Keselowski going to go to victory lane. And actually, just looking at his odds, too, I feel like you could get him for a decent amount. Um, That's 2000. There, hey, if it runs like a Daytona Talladega style race, that's some damn good odds for Brad Keselowski. So let's uh, bow down to the number generator right here. That's uh, that's not a bad pick. Could have gone a lot worse, I guess. So if this is going to be a Daytona style race, and I'm hoping he can get back on his high horse from the Daytona 500. I think this is maybe a week where we'll see Austin Cindric back on top they called me crazy before and now call me crazy again denny hamlin's gonna win uh, oh that's not as crazy as saying trevor bain trevor bain wrong 21 car harrison burton crazy for picking denny hamlin over chase elliott in a single matchup yeah well i don't think you're crazy I'll still go chase, but I, I don't think it's crazy to pick Denny here, I guess. I mean, pretty, only yeah. from the standpoint of performance, and I think engine performance will matter here. Getting... It would be pretty funny if after all week talking about how Denny's starting to find himself in that position where you got to start wondering, does he need to get a win? He goes out and wins this that... nonsense race we're about to have. Well, if he crazy. does that, I'm going to shift all my criticism to Christopher Bell. It'll be a lot easier to do that if Denny goes out and wins. I, I think Christopher I'm the Bell's only one that 
picked a repeat winner here. So, I mean, well, I, yeah, I mean, there's only four races and this is a nonsense race. Yeah, I wholeheartedly think that there is a chance that we see that fifth winner and we can probably even call this one maybe a random one. Hopefully it doesn't go to the likes of somebody that doesn't need it, like a LaJoy or uh, I don't so know, McDowell. Corey LaJoy winning would be too. great because then you're going to be watching that 30, 30, 30th in points for like all year. That Cody Ware. He, he, is, he is right there. He should be fine based on the other cars, but he is right there. Yeah. I mean, Actually, just... interesting enough, uh, I believe he's probably the favorite to finish 30th in points. And uh, an interesting thing that could happen if he wins is for what I think is the first time in the Cup Series, we would have a uh, car in the owner's championship that isn't, or that, yeah, isn't in the driver championship or vice versa. Oh, because, because you have the second calling you car. You have the second calling car. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, we're that's, that's the car we need to win the race. That we need Noah Gregson to go out here and win this race. That's true because that would also yeah. work just in the opposite. Yeah, that would that would definitely work opposite direction. Although I guess we are gonna we do have to have a car finish outside of the top thirty this year. I forgot we do have one more like remotely competitive car. I say Did that although Harrison Burton is tied with Cody Ware in points right now. Did we not have a car like that in the Cup Series back when Junior missed a few races towards the end of the year? No, he they the eighty eight didn't do good enough. Oh, okay. So they they needed to point their way in. There were random winners. I want to just like say, oh, it was because Alex Bowman was too inconsistent. But Jeff ran most of those races before. Uh, yeah. Before then, before the and playoffs. I feel like Bowman only did like one or two, and then he ran most of the playoff races. We came close with Brian Vickers when he won at New Hampshire, but the 55 with the wild card system and stuff yeah, wasn't look, able looking, to get one of those spots. Looking at it again, because we will have 31, assuming we can count Spire as remotely competitive, and they have shown a little bit more speed uh, this year. We will have one car that is a real car that isn't a Rick Ware car. No offense to Rick Ware. They're trying better, and they look a little bit better this year, but they're still not very good. We will have one car that's outside the top 30 in points. If Harrison Burton is 30, sitting 31st and there isn't... The closest thing to a Mickey Mouse car that's ahead of him is uh, Corey LaJoy. So... It would be interesting if Corey LaJoy got a win because he could easily fall outside of the top the top 30. Yeah. So with that, we're going into a weekend of unknowns with the new track and everything, and I'm sure that we're going to everybody's beating that to a dead horse but in all reality before we ruin what our mindset of Atlanta is why don't we set it off by remembering our favorite race maybe our favorite finish so over to you Brandon what was your favorite race or favorite finish or favorite moment of the old Atlanta the old Atlanta I mean straight up favorite finish I I probably being a big Earnhardt fan you know, being a kid back then, I I gotta go with Dale over Bobby. Uh, close second, probably Harvick over Jeff. Very similar fashion there a year later, but you know, just ah, big, bigger and heart guy. Um, it just I don't know. This is, I think that one just resonates with me a little bit more because like Harvick's still racing, so like even though it was only a year apart. Those races don't seem as close somehow. I I I don't know why. Probably just because Harvick's still out there, and 
you know, running good. Obviously, you know, maybe not a championship threat at the moment, but I think he's still got some wins left in. I'm still a pretty solid driver, but give me give me Dale and Bobby. That's that's probably got to be one of my all time favorites. Favorite moment though, I think you have to go back to the old old Atlanta. Um, Terry Labonte winning the championship with Bobby Labonte winning the race. Them doing their victory lap after. Um, that was pretty damn cool. Granted, that was a couple. <laughs> You know, configurations ago at this point, but just all time favorite moment at the track. I'd, I'd go even further back and go to that one. You know, the season finale in '96. That was pretty damn cool. Not gonna go as far back. I'm gonna go 2011. Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson slipping and sliding. Tony Stewart making a run no one saw. Literally nobody saw. Man, that still pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> Great finish. Uh I believe in that one tying Bobby Allison. Breaking him. Uh, that breaking him breaking the record, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm. Third on uh, that. His, last, his last win in Atlanta. Great race. Great finish. 2011. Yeah, I'm with you, Mark. And probably the only real race that I can ever recall from Atlanta that if somebody ever brings up the track to my mind is the 2011 finish between Jeff and Jimmy slip and sliding around. And I just remember that was like rained out onto a Monday or Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. I was going to say Monday or Tuesday and just in high school at the time, I think I was in class and I asking like what had happened because there were a bunch of, uh, lower end teams like leading the race until we finally got out and could see how this race was going to end. Uh, yeah, it's the only race at Atlanta that sticks in my mind so much that if somebody ever says uh, Atlanta to me, that's the one that comes up. We'll give a shout out to what was our last race at the old track. Uh, we'll get to see many Kirk Kyle uh, battles for much longer. Uh, that was a good one. Kirk coming out on top. Ross Chastain with the assist. Ross Chastain with the assist. Uh, yeah, I mean it was a good track. You know, it had it had repave was going to happen eventually. Lots of guys went through different streaks where they were really good there. You have guys like Jerry Nadeau eking out a win there. Casey Kane with his uh, clutch win in 2014 to make it into the playoffs. Lots, lots of good, lots of good races here. Sad, definitely was sad to see it, see it go. It, it kind of had to happen eventually. You knew with an eventual repave with how the surface was, it had a chance to ruin the racing anyway. I don't love the direction they went. Hopefully, come come Sunday, I'll I'll think it's a good decision. But it was a good track. And, uh, it will it will definitely definitely be missed, even if this one turns out good. Old Atlanta will always, uh, always be missed. So definitely a track that will always be missed and it's sad to see it go. Uh, hopefully this isn't the end of good racing at Atlanta and hopefully this track can live on for a long time. So again, all three series hitting the track, got a doubleheader on Saturday and then the cup series going on Sunday. Be sure to catch all that action. This has been the Bernie Lakes podcast. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. That way you get the notification when new episodes come up. Have a good one.